This just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. At this point, it's my intention to play for the Jets. Anything that falls short of this Jets team not winning the division, oh boy, watch out. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know All right, well, maybe we do, maybe just a little bit. So it's two weeks from the NFL draft. Two weeks from tonight, the NFL draft, round one, will take place. The Packers currently own the number 15 pick, Justin. The Jets own number 13. Maybe Green Bay is trying to get it. Maybe they're trying to get a first-round pick in next year's draft. I don't know. I can only imagine that as you get closer to the draft, discussions will probably re-engage. But what else is out there to discuss, right? Is Is it a waiting game? Is there more posturing? Like this, this is the whole thing. You hear things from owners and GMs, and they're at this thing and the other thing, and they're and somebody. Everybody's talking, right? Now Aaron's the one who's quiet. But I feel like everybody's just sort of trying to protect their own turf at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, now you're getting more people involved too, which always kind of makes it dangerous when it's just the two GMs talking. Uh, but then when you get ownership involved, and then it starts to be, well, well, hang on a second. If we only get one year, we're going to want this, and then the back and forth. It's just like when you buy a car. If, you get the salesman, you're like, All right, I like this guy. I think I can work something out with him. I like what he's saying. And then it's, i got to go back and talk to the manager. I'll be right, <laughs> right back. Right. And that's usually when the deal starts to fall apart. And it feels like that's what we're running into here. Well, part of the most recent, I guess, developments, if you want to call it that, is that the trade was getting closer, according to some, and then Woody Johnson got a little freaked out when Aaron said he was 90% retired going into that darkness retreat. So it made Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, think, well, wait a minute here, like, how long are we going to have you here? Are you really serious yeah. about playing football? What are we actually committing to? So we did learn that uh, yesterday on these uh, or on our on our airwaves on Wildy and Tausch, we knew, hey, this is what it sounds like is is really holding up the deal here. What we may not have known is how you actually pronounce the names of Jason Wildy and Mark Tausch. Charles Robinson is now reporting, and he did this on. Wild and Tosh? Yeah, yeah, Wildy and Tosh. Wildy and Tosh, which is a sports show. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I don't know if it's Green Bay or if it's Milwaukee, Whatever. but uh, Tosh used to play tackle for the Packers, so it's a, a Packers radio show. Pat McAfee, of course, who uh, Wad and Tosh, I guess, is in a contact in Jason's <laughs> phone, and I uh, had no idea it was oh, Wildy and Tosh. Oh, goodness. Uh, I guess it does underscore the point, because they had Charles Robinson on their program, the Watt and Tosh program on ESPN Wisconsin, uh, who did indicate that, hey, this was a done deal, looked like it was going to be, and then Woody Johnson got scared. I, I think both sides are just posturing. I think a deal's going to get done on draft uh, on draft day. At some point, it might end up being done on day two of the draft, not day one, yeah. uh, which would tell you the Packers aren't going to get a first-round pick, at least not this year, but I think it's coming. I do think it's coming. I don't think another team is going to sweep in. I don't think the Jets are going to get cold feet. And the 49ers jumping back. And, yeah, I, I, I don't see that happening. I don't see Aaron coming back to Green Bay to you know pitch a fit. Or sit on the bench. I, it'd be entertaining. Uh, it's curious. I don't know. And then I heard, and I'm sure you, the two of you did as well, that Woody Johnson was full steam ahead until he... Heard the last time we had to hear Aaron Rodgers speak when uh, he confessed that, you know, I was 90% retired yeah. before I went into the to the hobbit hole. Uh, and and Aaron that supposedly this... that deflated Woody Johnson a little bit. It deflated Woody. Yes, it did. Uh, very interesting story development as we get closer to the NFL draft. And to me, that's all rumor. I'm not telling you that's true, but I just, no, that was, I... It, as the sports chatter goes and friends of mine who are Packers fans, it's like, so would that affect certainly affects the dance that's going on. Well, that uh, to me, that's Woody Johnson saying, 
This is our best opportunity to sort of give the Packers the indication that maybe we're cooling a little bit because I got on my private jet and flew out and spent all day with him, for goodness mm-hmm. sakes, uh, a couple of months ago. More to come two weeks from the NFL draft, two weeks from tonight. 417 on WTMJ, an update to a story we told you about near the beginning of the year. We'll explain coming up in just a couple of minutes. So update to a story we told you about a personal story at the beginning of the year so at the end of the year we did a, a three-month review of just how much money the magics were spending at the grocery store and it was just spiraling out of control so in a three-month span october november and december we spent thirty five hundred dollars at the grocery store yeah and we were averaging like 16 trips to the store per month and some of that is the, okay, it's Saturday morning, let's go grab a coffee and some donuts at Sendix, we'll sit there, the girls love it, we might pick up something for dinner to put on the grill that night. Mm-hmm. Whatever, just, it, it, there was no real rhyme or reason, we just sort of went when we needed to, but we also went when it was just kind of something fun to do. Costco, Meyer, Sendix, those are the three places that we shop for food. For a family of four. For yeah. a family of four, two growing girls who are <laughs> not overly fussy, they're good eaters. Um... And we know inflation is a thing. So we started to review the whole shebang. Like, how can we cut? This is just insane. We're just going to the grocery store every other day in the course of a month. Every other day for something. So it led us to believe that our meal prep is not where it should be. Mm-hmm. Our snack situation where is where it should <laughs> is be. Way, is over-delivering. <laughs> right. And, and just our, our not frivolous trips, but, you know, it's, it's not necessary to go pick up a couple of fillets, but it's good. But and we like that and we treat ourselves. That. Yeah. So we, we did this whole review and research on a meal delivery service, mm-hmm. and we several, uh, settled on the one called Every Plate. And we're three months in, yeah. and it's been fantastic. So here's what I've loved about it. it, it everything is controlled on the app, right? So Every Plate is a division of HelloFresh. It's a little different. They don't use as much of the organic kind of stuff and whatnot. So if, if, if you're okay with that, this will cost you a little bit less. Okay. Right? HelloFresh, I think, uses some different ingredients, a little more organic kind of stuff, and, and there's a cost associated with that. Every plate claims that because they've got shipping all figured out, they can charge a little bit less per meal. Whatever the case, <laughs> $75 shipped. We get three meals for the week, and there's four servings per meal. So 12 total meals. Shipped cost $75. And really, it's three dinners a week for a family of four, plus leftovers. The kids will get involved in picking. They get involved in making. It takes some of the guesswork out from... You know, Emily, if she's preparing dinner while I'm driving home from work, I do a lot of the weekend cooking. She handles a lot of stuff during the week. And it's reduced our amount of trips to the grocery store and our monthly output. So a three-month swath. Yeah. We're now averaging 11 trips to the store per month over three months. And instead of $3,500, that's down to $2,600. Wow. So, And then you've got the meal delivery service cost, which is you know about 300 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're pretty close. I, we're saving, I, I think, one month we saved uh, about $270. One month was more like $100 because we had a, a lot of company and we're entertaining quite a bit. But I think, by and large, we have spent a little bit less the first quarter of this year as compared to the last quarter of last year. So I think it's working for us for a variety of reasons. We're yeah. definitely not spending more. I was just going to say, you're not spending more, and on a non-economical front, are you freeing up the mind space of, like you said, driving home and talking to your wife, I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what do we have? You know, like all of that erroneous small talk conversation where it's just like, great, I know what we're having. We could talk about something else. 
and also the togetherness of your girls have tried new food. Your girls are getting involved in helping make the food. Like, that's family time together. Food truly brings people together. So three months in, the only thing that we've ever missed is is one thing of tortillas. We had enough in the house to cover for that. And we had one kind of gnarly-looking tomato. <laughs> right? I just Like, everything else has been really good. Like, the produce has been shipped great, and the meals have been good. I don't know where you stand on meal delivery service, uh, we, Justin. We, You're on the go quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, we talked about it before. I don't do... I, I've toyed with doing it, but I... Um, the opposite of your children, where I, I am an extremely picky eater, so I would like look to sign up for one of the services, and you go through what you can have. Like, okay, that no, no, no. How no, picky maybe. are you? Like, what what <laughs> items are you I automatically like ruling way, out? Okay, oh. that's, um, <laughs> but you can personalize it then. Well, okay, so it's also very complicated. Um, I don't like onions, but I will make exceptions for. Like raw onions on tacos. Great. I'll eat that. But if I have like caramelized onions, disgusting to me. Or like if you have a hamburger and there's an onion there, also gross. Onion rings are fine too. So like I don't like onions by and large, but I draw the line. Uh, most of those vegetables like mushrooms, hate them. Tomatoes, hate them. No exceptions there. Lettuce, I'm fine with that. I'll eat salads. I'll even toy with introducing lettuce to, to some types of foods, but it has to be whole leaf. Shredded <laughs> lettuce is just absolutely disgusting to me. Coconut can't stand. So there's all these things you look at like, nope, nope, nope. I'll just make my own stuff Okay, is what it comes down to. <laughs> I'm just wondering what you buy when you're at the store. Uh, chicken, some mustard? Uh, and we got yeah, some... <laughs> it's usually chicken, potatoes, and rice. Okay, fair rice. Enough. I thought rice would show up. Yeah. So I think overall it's been good. We had a lot of people text in on the talk and text line, uh, the old National Bank talk and text line, over the course of the last few months, like saying, hey, how is this working for you? And I've tried to respond to everybody, but I've loved it. We're going to hang with it for another few months. And it's easy to pause if we're traveling for a week or it just circumstances are that we're not going to be around as much. Easy. Skip a week. Done. I appreciate that you were the guinea pig for us because this is also, Justin, something we've talked about in our home, but just have never had the confidence to pull the trigger or just all that unknown, like, well, how complicated is it going to be? And what if we get a funny tomato? Now it'll just be a joke. But but, but what is the reliability of of the quality of the food that you get? So it it sounds like you've been great. This has been really good for us. For us. So we use every plate. It's it's right for us. It may not be perfect for you based upon your dietary restrictions and whatnot. There's so many options out there with the Blue Apron and HelloFresh. The list goes on and on. Do your own research. See what works best for you. Uh, meal delivery service inflation was about 7% this year, whereas grocery store inflation was like, you know, 20%. Oh. Right? So I did a little research on that as well. We're going to hang with it. It's been fun. We're definitely not spending more. The but amount of trips? What, we were before like and now? 16 to like 11. Okay. Okay. And so now, what's for dinner tonight? It's a great question. We skipped this week because <laughs> we have relatives in, so now we got to cobble some. I'll probably get a euro on the way home. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. We are excited to be joined, as always, by Ann Sayers. She is the travel secretary. Ann, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I always love being here. Arts and culture, and boy, in Wisconsin, we're just kind of overflowing with this, aren't we? You know, whether the community is large or small in Wisconsin, we are brimming with artists, cultural centers, heritage opportunities. There's so much to take in and explore. And just one of the places you can discover curated works from local artists is in La Crosse. Right. So in La Crosse, you can support local artists or hone your own art skills at the River City Gallery. You can stop into this downtown business to browse a curated gallery. It's full of locally produced artwork. You'll find poetry and sculptures you could put on display at home. 
paintings, of course, and prints to hang up and handcrafted jewelry to wear. I never leave an art gallery without earrings. (laughs) Uh, River City Gallery always offers classes in painting, drawing, and other mediums for folks of all levels. And while the gallery is open for visitors Tuesday to Saturday, you will want to check the website to learn more about upcoming classes. That sounds like fun. Let's head to Clark County. Clark County, yes. So Clark County hosts an annual self-guided tour highlighting regional artists, and it returns the weekend of April 28th through 30th. Spring into the Arts is a great opportunity to take a mini road trip this spring while getting to know the area's artists and their craftspeople. The featured artists span a range of mediums, from handcrafted woodwork to upcycled metal sculptures and nature photography. There's stops throughout Clark County, but many of the artists can be found in the communities of Willard and Owen. And for a pit stop during the tour, consider checking out the Munson Bridge Winery. That is in Withy. The seasonal destination specializes in fruit wines Ooh. made from plums, blackberries, cranberries, even maple syrup, which has me very interested. And the winery <laughs> opens for the season, for the weekend of Spring into the Arts. Okay, so once we're finished with the winery, I think it sounds like it would be a cool idea to check out the historic Mabel Tainter Theater in Menominee. Yeah, the Mabel Tainter is a historic theater with a turn-of-the-century grandeur set in downtown Menominee. It's the city's performing arts and cultural center, and it retains a lot of the original charm and character from when it was built all the way back in 1889. Wow. You can check out the Mabel Tainter's calendar online to discover what sorts of events they're hosting, which could include local musicians, comedians, so much more. And between July 20th and 23rd, the Mabel Tainter will host the Red Cedar Film Festival. There you can catch local, regional, and international films, short movies, and animated films, much more. And while you're in the city, you have to add the Menominee Sculpture Tour to your arts and culture itinerary. There are six creatively crafted sculptures scattered throughout the community, and one of them is right outside the Mabel Tainer, so you can start your journey there before discovering all the rest. That is such a gem. Ann Sayers, the travel secretary, is with us. Let's head to Vernon County. Yes, literary lovers in Wisconsin have a new reason to celebrate this spring. It is the inaugural Ridges and Rivers Book Festival happening in Viroqua here at the end of April. This is three days chock full of events for bookworms, budding writers, and kids. It's all set in the inspiring scenery of the Driftless area, and the festival is happening the weekend of April 28th through the 30th. There's lots of workshops that'll help you um, for those looking to improve their writing skills. There's local, regional, and international authors. Um, set for book readings and presentations. There's family-friendly activities centered on children's literature, drawing, and other interests for all ages. Plus, you can browse the books of local authors, meet the writers themselves during the festival's book fair. That's what's happening on Saturday, April 29th. And, you know, if you're looking for a place to stay that weekend, mm-hmm. consider booking a room at the Hickory Hill Motel. It is the quintessential roadside motel with the recently renovated charming guest room just two miles south of Viroqua is a great option if you're planning to hit up the Ridges and Rivers Book Festival. So much fun. That's such good stuff. So many stories to tell, whether you're reading them yourself or writing them yourself. Oh, I love how you put that. Exactly. So nice. For more information, you can check out TravelWisconsin.com. Ann Sayers is the Travel Secretary, and we love having you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Not the usual intro for Tim Sheehy, president of the MMAC. We're honoring those in the musical world and those who have popular sound artifacts that are being preserved in history. They're now officially part of the National uh, Library of Congress registry.
This is one of those songs. We loved before, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> just a, an appropriate introduction for yes. Tim Sheehy. Uh, Tim, obviously very excited here. Justin was talking about you know, the Bucks having a couple of home games in the postseason. Obviously, the longer they go, the better it is for the city of Milwaukee in, in so many ways. How do you begin to calculate what the revenue impact is of a Bucks long postseason run? Yeah, so the, obviously the bars and the restaurants and the hotels that benefit from everybody coming down have a really easy way to calculate it. But I think the more important calculation almost is that it puts Milwaukee on this international stage. And you, you couldn't buy that advertising. So the dollars and cents are great for the community. The taxes are great for local and state government. But I think we all really benefit from just being on a, on a global stage uh, during NBA playoffs, which are a worldwide phenomenon. The idea of 40,000, 50,000 people in the Deer District, obviously some awesome scenes from a couple of years ago. When the weather was really nice, right, they were playing a little later in the summer than usual. But the weather is typically going to improve over time. It does bring about public safety concerns. So how does the city combat this? How do they try and work to make sure it's a safe environment for everybody, whether they're parked and in the arena or in the district? Well, I think the city and the Bucks have learned a lot from what transpired last time. And I think we've seen a much safer water street. Um, and so you can't anticipate everything. Uh, but I would think that people could be very safe, feel, <coughs> excuse me, feel very safe uh, coming to a playoff game down here because the Bucks and the city police department will be on their toes. So joyously, this is a time of year with postseason Bucks basketball. This is also a time of year for graduations of all kinds, and we just got the news about Cardinal Stritch University abruptly announcing earlier this week that they will be closing next month. And wondering your thoughts on, is this closing? Do you think it's a one-off, or do you think it might be symptomatic and we might see more of these in our community? Unfortunately, I'm going to say it's symptomatic. And it's symptomatic because if you look in just West Bend, where they're talking about merging UW with the Moraine Technical College, uh, I looked at West Bend's uh, senior graduating class. It's 1,000 people. Their first grade class is 350. So it gives you a really good indication of where the demographics, fewer students. And if you look at what happened to um, uh, Cardinal Stretch, I think pre-pandemic, they were close to 6,000 students uh, when they closed. I think they had 900 undergrad and 500 grad. So there is going to be increased competition because there are fewer students, and schools that don't have the financial backing uh, that other schools do are not going to be able to weather the change in demographics. And I think you're going to see more more mergers, more closures, as we kind of right-size the college campus to the number of students that are coming. Like any sad situation uh, it is interesting to see who steps up to be a helper and so far i've seen stories about university of uh, uh, wisconsin milwaukee stepping up to help offer free applications even thousand dollar grants to help streamline some of those students to their campus nearby also alumni stepping up uh, the the british man who owns three lions pub mm-hmm. uh, and red lion pub he came here almost 20 years ago on a soccer scholarship there and wound up opening this business. And he's now saying, hey, I've, I'm offering jobs. I'm offering counsel as another international person who came here to study there. Are you seeing other examples of people stepping up and reaching out to help students and also employees who will be out of luck here in a month? Yeah, and this is a case of enlightened self-interest because 
as these students lose a place to go to school, there are other schools that are under-enrolled who would, who would take these students um, because it's really good for the student, and it's obviously really good for their campus. But I think it also puts a premium on what the universities are doing. There's a higher education uh, regional alliance of the two-year and four-year institutions. And the better job those schools can do about making sure that credits transfer, that they articulate between different universities, the more successful the students are going to be, and I think the more successful the universities are going to be. So I love to see schools opening their doors to students, but more importantly, allowing those credits to transfer to the institutions that they're going to. Tim, final thing, latest job recovery numbers for Metro Milwaukee. What do they mean to you? Well, what they mean to me is that we have recovered about 87% of the jobs that were lost pre-pandemic. We're stalling out a little bit. And again, I think that's less a challenge with employers not hiring and more a challenge of finding the right people um, to fill those jobs. So we've stalled out a little bit, but I still think we're making progress to getting ourselves back and ahead of where we were pre-pandemic. It's still a massive global talent shortage, too, right? I mean, it's nation- it's worldwide, really. Yep. It, exactly. 77% on average around the world. So it's it's everywhere, not certainly just here in the city of Milwaukee. Tim, we appreciate you got your Milwaukee Admirals jersey on, by the way. Best news of the week, 414 today, and, and I've got a hockey jersey on for the first time in my life. Yes, of course. We'll <laughs> it's a hockey sweater, Tim. Oh, it's a sweater. <laughs> yes. Is that what they call it? Yep, that is we'll the be... technical term. Just so you, know, you can walk proudly, but let Well, you, you know. can tell it's my first thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, That's the all right. Milwaukee Admirals 414 Day inspired uniforms that have been uh, delivered to some folks around the company and in our area here at the third street market hall I, it looks good on you tim i'd, I'd put you in goal goal is where i would stay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't skate so that's right after right right. me put me somewhere where i can stand good stuff always great to check in with tim Sheehy from the mmac president of the mmac appreciate it tim we'll talk to you again next week